1: Welcome to Screen Talk, I'm Eric Cohn.
0: I'm Ann Thompson.
1: And I'm here in Cannes, and I would be pouring a glass of Rosé because it's evening here to share with you, but it's actually, I think like 9 a.m. where you are. We're very no, no, far apart. no, it's more moment. like,
0: uh, it's almost noon. Almost, you
1: know, OK, I lose track of time zones. I don't even know what time it is in can because you never really sleep in these parts, as you can imagine. And well, it's you've just been not working. Same hard. You've mean. been
0: working hard. So because this... I'm
1: working for two people, I know what they know. The I wish I could is. be
0: there. It's torture. Believe me. Um, so here's the thing, though. I don't feel like I missed anything with Jean <laughs> DuBarry. I don't feel like that was. A, a must-see movie or that it's necessarily going to well, come back, you know? So the US. festival started
1: last night, right, with it with a movie that made a lot of sense as an opening night film. It was a French period drama that appeals to French audiences in a kind of a commercial context. It felt to me like the kind of movie you would see doing well in the U.S. art house scene a few decades ago. It's There's no fancy trickery about it. This is not Marie Antoinette. My um, Wen, who who directs and stars in it, you know, as as uh, you know the the king's most uh, famous and favorite uh, lover, is uh, is good and has a sort of a rebellious air about her. But it it never breaks the fourth wall or anything. I mean, you're you're watching a period piece about a romance in Versailles, and so if you're into that, it's pretty, it's well acted, and yes, Johnny Depp is in it for a little bit. But that's it speaking I'm french
0: not. so is he yeah. you aren't a french speaker I i'm wish not I could, i'm not i wish i could tell if it was good french or, or not you and know, french speakers are pretty you know pretty uh judgmental discerning. about Americans yes. speaking yes
1: i know American I because anytime there there
0: a long time well i remember
1: <laughs> noticing the first time i went to can and it was like somebody like an indian filmmaker addressed to the crowd in french and, and everyone was like ah you know like if someone speaks english You know, who's not a native English speaker. People don't make that sound. So that was a very specific kind of a thing. But uh, uh, it it, it seemed fine. I I was waiting for him to speak French at the press conference. He didn't he didn't go that far. So I don't know how he showed up 45
0: minutes late.
1: Yeah, I don't know. The timing seems it's like counting the the standing ovations here. I saw 27 minutes and someone said 40. I came out of a screening and I thought I was going to miss this press conference. And it, he, he was just getting started. So I watched it on the monitor. Oh, You missed, um, you missed
0: 45 minutes of the press. Con- not that you cared, not but
1: not much. Um,
0: he was very he was very outspoken about about what he uh, what he was going through, feeling like he was banned, being asked to to, uh, leave, uh, the fantastic beasts, uh, project, yeah, you know, he
1: didn't name it. Yeah. Although he also said some stuff that did, I still can't make sense out of about <laughs> McDonald's and, and people watching him eating a big Mac on a loop or, or something. And I, I don't know. I mean, I I didn't know how to unpack any of that, except that, you know, he's still that kooky character that he's been for a while. And, You know he doesn't seem to be particularly interested in trying to rev a big studio comeback like he had before the the career it's interesting
0: that you say that because i i went out and interviewed a bunch of people um i solicited some some feedback from you know production executives at studios and agents and and uh producers all these different people in hollywood who were surprisingly supportive of Johnny Depp's return. Yeah, I thought and, that piece was
1: interesting. In it was sense. interesting
0: to me. Yeah, I mean, it was, well, it were was a wide swath of people. Now, they were basically saying he's not going to get his 16 million dollar payday yeah. anymore. And but if he and he's not going to get a studio movie right now. But if he behaves and looks good and learns yeah. his lines and the word on the street is good, he could come back and, and that's have not a career the, again.
1: The vibe that he gave off was that he's a European now and enjoying the fact that he's now I mean, he he's trying to direct the movie that's in the market that he wants to shoot in. in About
0: Medigliani. Yeah. Right.
1: So, I mean, not there, very there,
0: commercial, though. Right.
1: Um, but I mean, yeah. there is this sense that whatever his pace is now seems to to work in that system so I, I guess we'll see and we'll also see what happens with jean du Barry, a movie that could have some sort of very limited life um but he's it's not just, a big part of it i mean no, he,
0: you can't not, really so it's not a real really test sell him. him yeah you can't no. you can't really sell him and then um so you've seen some other of the competition films
1: yeah it's just kind of getting started so it's 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 kind of interesting because it's I i can't say with certainty, you know, this is the movie that's really starting to pop. But you start to hear murmurings of people who saw certain things early. And then you you start to, you know, kind of get the lay of the land in terms of what has real potential. And I would say there's a handful of competition films that seem like they could really pop. And then if anything else outside of those does it, it'll be a real surprise. Uh, But a film like Anatomy of a Fall with Sam. Yeah, the Hula. word is
0: good on on that. Although it's a 3-hour movie and it's mostly in English. It's not going to be it's not going to be a submission. Um and you and I both saw uh, well, no, I am distracting you. Um that that one is is Sandra Huler, you know. So there's yeah. but uh, Tony
1: Erdmann fame. And I know yeah. of one juror who I spoke to last night who I think without realizing it uh, gave me some info because this person said, oh, I love Tony Erdmann because we were talking about how Tony Erdmann was this great movie that didn't win the, the Palme d'Or. And of course, Sandra Huler is in two can movies. She's, She's also, in, also
0: in, in the Jonathan Glazer film.
1: Jonathan yeah. Glazer's zone of interest, the twenty four movie in competition. And that one also has a lot of really good buzz. So there's a lot of excitement there. And a lot of people who have been telling me they respect a director like Jonathan Glazer who hasn't made a lot of movies and only kind of resurfaces... When he's made something he's really invested in, so there's a lot of curiosity there. And then you have Firebrand, uh Kareem I a really interesting Brazilian director who's not super widely known in the US, but he does an English language film with Jude Law and uh it's a sales it's Henry Sandry
0: the eighth and everything. It's yeah. a it's a so, what we call a bodice ripper. I'm cu- yeah, curious. People are
1: saying it's good. I mean, is that a is that a Palm movie, a bit a period drama? I mean, we'll, we'll be so far removed from the Jean Duberry kind of uh, template, we'll see how it plays. But then there's also a a first film in competition called Banel and Adama, which is an African film from, from a filmmaker who has made shorts before uh, but has not. Uh, this is her first feature, and you never really know with those. When uh, with- they
0: finally get a first-time filmmaker into the competition, it usually means uh, that it's pretty damn good. I think "Sex Lies and Videotape" was one of those. Well, there was
1: that. But you remember Yomadine a few years ago? That was pretty good, but it didn't take off. So you don't. You don't always. Sometimes there are stories behind the scenes, like what everyone's saying with this one is that originally it was in a certain regard, and then they bumped it up. Thierry Fermeaux is claiming that that was never true. They just used that so that there wasn't too much uh, competition pressure when they were considering the film. There's so much horse trading going on behind the scenes. But, you know, I talked to a few people who saw this film. They said it's a very strong debut. So I'm looking forward to that. And then we have a sort of a mystery film and competition to look, look at, which is May, December. You know, Todd Haynes makes good movies. That's a movie we should be excited about. But I can't find anybody who's who's they had aren't a showing to check it. it. Out.
0: They aren't showing it. It's a it's a it's a um, a purposeful with withholding of of a movie. The other people, you know, have seen something because it was shown to some kind of industry screening or something. But here's the th- and sometimes it can. It's it's the uh, moderators who've seen the movie or some of the yeah. programmers. You know, uh, this is Subtitled. one that, that no one's talking about because they haven't seen it yet.
1: Yeah, so still looking forward know. to that. There's, that, that'll be a big thing. And, and a lot of people are going to have to go to that gala and have that experience for that one. There's there's two competition films I've seen already because we're now a day or so into the festival. Uh, one is uh, Hirokazu Koreata's new film, Monster, which is very solid, I would say. I mean, mileage will vary depending on how much you're into kind of the very subtle approach of Koryeda's storytelling. You is know, he's this not him a, he being
0: contemplative anything. and quiet?
1: Yes, and there's a there's a structural trick to the movie. It's almost like Close from Can last year, you know, a story about bullying, but the kid the there's a question at the beginning early in the movie about whether or not this kid was actually uh, bullied or if he was the bully or if something else happened and so as the movie goes along you start to see different perspectives on what happened to this kid and his single mother and his teacher and so it 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 has a, a mystery it's at the center of it but it's still a very quiet piece of filmmaking so you know you kind of have to be into that approach but but it, it, it's well done it's very well done
0: well i love um, this work i can't wait to see it what else did you then- see
1: and the other one is Catherine Corsini's new film, Homecoming. So this one is another one of those can controversies because there is a lot of behind the scenes stuff that seems to have happened involving uh, they, they lost some funding from the CNC because of uh, some of the ways that they shot scenes with minors. And it's not exactly clear what happened there, if there was a, a sex scene with a minor that was shot or something to that effect that's not in the movie. Um, I can't speak with authority about any of that stuff. I thought the movie was very solid, um, which is probably why it's showing early in the festival. There's nothing actually, they, they're getting it out of the way because of the controversy, but also it's it's just, it's not, it wouldn't be a movie that nobody would pay attention to later in the festival because it's it's a very familiar kind of drama about a mother and her two teen kids. They go on vacation to Corsica. Uh, their dad's dead and they don't know all the details about that. And they kind of have a falling out. They go out and party and meet some people and they go through some ex- Experiences together. It's very well acted. And the two young actresses, uh, whose names are not in front of me right now, are, are are really well done. It's a black family. It's an interesting perspective on uh, their experience. Their their experience from an identity standpoint. There's a queer component to it. It's good filmmaking. It's just you know it's you're looking for things you haven't seen before when you're looking at the competition by and large. So, so that's, that's not having.
0: Happening. So you saw the Almodovar, obviously. Yes. There was some kind of scrum. Okay. Yesterday <laughs> where people were turned away. A lot of uh, prominent critics and and other inc- janet Yang of the Academy, oh, no. Justin Shang. A lot of people were turned away. Not um, who
1: you want to turn away. That's but for you sure. got
0: to see it early. Uh and you talked to Almodovar. So I yeah. highly recommend uh you did a good job with that and uh the interview. But but um it sounds from David Erlich's review like um people wish it was more. Like why I mean, stop I wish, I, half I w- an hour?
1: You know? I would have loved to see uh a feature length version of strange way of life. I mean, it's uh Pedro motivar or Aaron doing like his version of a, of a, a Western he's called it his response to broke back mountain, but really it's, It's sort of his response to like all Westerns through a through a sort of homoerotic lens because Westerns have always been talked about as being sort of the the macho thing is homoerotic. So he just takes it one step further. And it's this very beautiful kind of tense story where Ethan Hawke and Pedro Pascal are. And it's not really a spoiler. It's established very early on. Former lovers. They haven't seen each other since their earlier days. Uh, Now, Ethan Hawke is a sheriff. Pedro Pascal comes back to town. Some stuff ensues. I I wouldn't go past that because it's it's really it's half an hour. Right. So what what it feels like is the first act of a movie. I think it's very satisfying in that sense, because it sets up a lot of possibilities for your own imagination. In fact, when I was speaking to um, to Pedro Pascal as a supporting voice in this piece, he had a whole ending worked out for for what happens to these characters. And I do think if you watch the film in that context, it's sort of like it's just a snippet of how Pedro tells stories. He's not ready, it seems, to 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 make a feature length film in English because he was he's
0: preparing one. So, well, one fell apart—the Kate Blanchett one, right. which so he wasn't about. ready there.
1: He, and he then wasn't he said ready. there was
0: some other. Well, th- I remember when I interviewed him some years, years ago, ago right? there he's was a Meryl Streep project that fell But apart. He was going to do he's Sister walking, Act 30 years He's been ago. walking up to these yes. movies yeah. uh, for many years now.
1: But what's interesting yeah. is that, so so we talked, you know, a few years ago, his COVID, his early COVID short film, uh, The Human Voice with Tilda, that was his first English language project, right? That, that was he went through with. Right. right. There's one person in a room uh sort of experimental. So now he's got a bigger production like two two people uh a bi- bigger sets, you know, so he's sort of he he's expanded the lens a bit and now maybe he he's actually ready to But
0: people to- are saying that that because he went with with the fashion designer, I forgot who what what his name is, uh,
1: That's Saint Laurent. Right. Uh, that right that that he
0: that, the, that there's a sort of uh, who became a financier of of the movie, yeah. that yeah. there's a kind of um commercial aspect to this. Like it's like it's a well, fashion piece
1: there the the costumes are are great. I mean, Saint Laurent has financed a bunch of stuff. They financed a Gaspar Noe short. Um, they put money into the Jean luc Godard uh posthumous short film that's playing at this festival in a couple of days. So they have a whole kind of department doing that kind of stuff. And it doesn't seem like, anything was compromised there. It's just a more costly project that needed that kind of partner to it. I do, I am curious to see how Sony Pictures Classics puts it out there because they're going to be putting it out in the fall,
0: Michael Barker told me.
1: And and it makes sense. And I, you know, I always wonder with short films, like when you have a bigger name and, and name actors, if that helps or hurts in an awards context, but Pedro Pascal is so popular right now, right? The internet just loves him. So I think there's something really interesting about him sliding into this Artier thing in between Mandalorian and Last of Us. You know, somebody,
0: you know. I think it may have been David, suggested that he, this was a this was a more you know audience-friendly kind of starry role in a way, given given the darker side uh, that he plays in yeah. in the Last of Us.
1: Yeah, it's a very the, yeah exactly. He's he's playing a sort of in in Last of Us. He's a he's you know this very um, tortured, damaged, right? Damaged, tra- traumatized, right? And here, I mean, he's still sort. There's there's a sad element to the character, but there's also you know, erotic chemistry with Ethan Hawke. Can't wait, can't wait.
0: I'm in, (laughs) I'm in. But uh, and then and then you interviewed uh, Steve McQueen, um, the filmmaker from Britain who uh, has this Amsterdam documentary, um, which our critic David pretty much panned and said, you know, shouldn't have been uh, yeah, isn't isn't worth the hours that are put into it.
1: And and he wasn't alone. And it doesn't surprise me in the least, because when you describe this movie to people, most of them are not even going to try it. I mean, it's four and a half hours, uh, a little over two hours with an intermission in the middle, and then another two hours of contemporary footage across the city of Amsterdam with uh, a dry voiceover explaining essentially different things that happened during the Nazi Nazi occupation of Amsterdam. So I I guess like Shoah, there's no archival, but unlike Shoah, you don't have any conflict. You know, there's, there's no confrontation with Nazis or anything like that. Um, the the voiceover comes from Steve McQueen's wife's book about Nazi op- occupation of Amsterdam she previously did a documentary called three minutes of lengthening that was another you know I all- saw that yeah yeah so so there's there's a connection there that, that's kind of fascinating it's Of course, it's a really hard sit. It's a really fascinating art project. I find Steve McQueen to be one of the most remarkable kind of film artists because his aesthetic applies equally well to the gallery space. If you look at some of the work that he's done that are like video installations uh, that are like really meditations on, on, on geography and the history it brings to it. So he's studied the Statue of Liberty and he studied Grenfell and, and the tragedy that happened there with that with, with the, the building fire a few years ago. So this this film is, is in line with that. What he told me was that originally he was going to project contemporary footage over uh, earlier footage from the period that's being described, and it would have been a gallery work. Somehow it became this thing that was upgraded to a feature film context. And I think that the power of the piece probably would have been restored if it had stayed in the gallery context Sounds like it yeah. come and go but yeah. it's an interesting kind of a challenge so i don't know exactly how A24 is releasing it in theaters it's a uh, another stage in all this so we'll see how all that unfolds but well, um,
0: i actually got to see a couple things um i saw this animated feature called Robot Dreams yeah um which was beautiful and uh heartfelt and entertaining and minor slight a little bit small um but i i really enjoyed it and i'll be curious to see how that goes over yeah. uh, maybe i enjoy be, I, I happen if to if see it, gets it picked period. up yeah, yeah. If it gets picked up it could be an animated feature container yeah. but uh what did you
1: think i liked it a lot it's a good new york movie i mean yes. it had very specific new very york period uh, yeah
0: 80, period, another york, 80s perhaps. movie right yeah
1: i mean it's got like a kim's video reference and El a lot of
0: music it. a lot of 80s yeah. music
1: and, and the locations are all really well-created. I mean, from a just like a, te- a craft standpoint, it's interesting to think about from an animation standpoint how they recreated New York in this 2D animation style. But I like it also because it, there's a kind of simplicity to it. You know, it's anthropomorphized New York and a dog who fall, essentially falls in love with his, a robot partner, right? Um
0: Who gets a band? He he loses him for various reasons that you have. And that director made that film Blanca
1: Nieves a couple of years ago that was an Oscar submission from Spain. You know, very different, but also, you know, visually oriented. So it's always fascinating when you have a a live action director go to animation. You know, this isn't... um, Guillermo doing Pin- Pinocchio. It's a very different. Although kind of-
0: it is, it is an adult. It's it's more of an adult. I was thinking about this. It's not a, It it isn't geared to kids. It isn't looking to entertain children. So it is more a little of an, sad. Um, yeah, a little no, sad. Yeah, no, it's, it's but got it could have a good night.
1: Definitely. I mean, and, and there are buyers looking at it here.
0: So. And then there's The Delinquents, which is a three hour Argentinian, likely, I would suggest, Oscar submission. A
1: lot of Argentinian uh, films. It, or, it I'm sorry, pushed, a lot of three hour films, not as many Argentinian films. It pushed films.
0: <laughs> my patience, Eric, at the length. I mean, it's good, good movie making, good story. Um, you, you know, it's it's a fascinating unveiling of different aspects of this theft that occurs at the beginning and this one guy goes to prison but he's got a, a a collaborator on the outside who still works at the bank where he stole the money and that guy is is uh still uh harboring uh cash and you know yeah. in anticipation of his uh you know release from prison I, but there's a lot of other stuff going on
1: yeah i'm laughing because it's like you're trying to summarize this plot and it's like yeah that happens in the first 20 something minutes and then there's some other weird complications. I, I liked it a lot more than you because what I thought was interesting about it is that the first, let's say, hour or so is kind of like a almost like a Coen Brothers crime gone wrong kind of a thing. And then you expect, you know, it isn't like it's funny things.
0: though. It's not like you're laughing. I laughed
1: a few times, but it's it's not it's it's not an immediate laugh. There's there's a moment. And it's where-
0: not like you're necessarily liking and engaged by these characters. I'm not saying that's something that's required, but it, I had know, empathy it's, for for uh, one. Uh, of I'm them. not so sure. Yeah. But, but
1: but I but sure. I would say that what what the length does is that it, as you have more distance from the stakes of this thing that the characters do too, and they realize over time, how stupid the overall concept of this heist is. When people are chasing these lofty goals, oh, I'm going to get a bunch of money and be rich and then be set for life. And then as you get distance from these ideas, they're not as, you know, gratifying. It's
0: interesting as in as a sort I of tre- treasure of the Sierra Madre kind of way in terms of yes. what it does to them, how it changes yes, them, greed. what this one yes. act does exactly. to uh, mo- move them to a different place. I mean, one guy's which is um, challenged and so on.
1: Totally. And so that's Magnolia is handling international on that. So it'll be interesting to see if, uh, you know, if somebody actually comes in and, and picks that up here or, or what will happen. I
0: suspect that will depend on whether Argentina deposits a, a an Oscar
1: submission. Right. right. Right, so we see a lot. I but mean, there's, there's
0: other Argentinian films in play too, right?
1: Yeah, there will be. There will be absolutely, and um, and there's an Argentinian on on the jury at Cannes this year, Damien cifrone who I saw last night. And he told me is uh, is working on a sequel to his great Cannes hit, Wild Tales.
0: Oh, that's fantastic news! You can that's rush one of that my one, favorites. Man. Yeah, yeah. audience pleaser. can wait one. for it. Really talk it, about we- comedy.
1: Yeah, I was going to say you should call it Wilder Tales and, and just <laughs> the ante or something like that. There's a, there's a lot of stuff around the corner. So, um, you know, uh, it's it's hard to really, you know, we we could fill a half an hour talking about everything that's happened in the last 48 hours here. But the next week, who knows? I mean, maybe Asteroid City, also in competition, ends up being a huge hit. It's been a while since a Wes Anderson film really resonated here It's 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 very unpredictable colors
0: of the flower, of the moon. flower
1: moon will be over the weekend so right. that's going to be a lot of noise and Indiana Jones is right around the corner so it's like it's a, a lot, lot to stuff look forward to noise.
0: so the other thing to look forward to is your live edition of screen talk where so what are the circumstances when is that going to be is, is that you and David
1: yeah so so um sad to me American you, Pavilion but yeah, but we will be at the American Pavilion on Tuesday at two thirty p m. So if anybody's listening who's at can, they should definitely come on by or, or let us know what you want us to to talk about. because again, another really interesting moment of the festival, we've had this experience over the years where it's like we end up talking about what's going to win the palm and then something shows the next day. I think it was like, the year that i daniel blake played like the day after we did our podcast or something like that you know so it's one
0: of those calls that i made correctly and you did not <laughs> you, as i constantly did. remind you
1: well let's see what happens this year the uh the prediction there are
0: actors oh on this jury actors are <laughs> always actors. the ones but who go there's the motion.
1: actor directors too so that's an interesting blend We'll actors see are all actors. Mean. Always <laughs> actors.
0: I mean, I always say that about Quentin Tarantino. He's an actor, whether he's a director or not, you know, it's it, it, it's 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 in your DNA.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Well, to be continued on that front and you are missed, but I know you're catching some more stuff soon. So we'll regroup and uh, unpack can in the next couple of weeks. See you soon.
0: You got it. Have fun. Get some sleep. I'll try.